Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm D. Paul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, the actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie, and a very good day to you, Sir Philip. How is everything going out in Los Angeles? Uh, we're going well. We have a bit of bit more sunshine coming up, but you know, I'm going to return to those coyotes. And, <laughs> and, and this was not my experience. When I walk the dog, as, as our listeners probably know, uh, I walk, you know, at around dawn, early, you know, six o'clock or something. And the few times, as I said recently, I saw some coyotes, and I actually saw one like at eight o'clock in the morning from my car while I was uh, headed out for. Uh, for some place. Well, my wife walks the dog a bit later, and this past week she walked him around 9, 9.15 in the morning. Now, traffic is coming up and down the street. In the morning and afternoon hour street is a pass-through, so there's traffic, you know, rush hour. Sure. Well, she's walking Gus, and a woman says to her, you better be careful. A woman with, uh, yeah. with another, another dog. Yeah. She says, there's coyotes over there. My wife says, what? <laughs> mm. She's right around the corner, right around the corner, uh, our, our very next door neighbors on their little side yard were two coyotes. And Allison just backed away and the coyotes came, came by. And at first, you know, she thought, well, it's got to be a couple of pups you know, uh, or kits or whatever they call uh, young coyotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that don't know any better to get back to the golf course. And one of them was a mother because she had very well extended teats. And now this is 9.15 in the morning on a weekday in our neighborhood. So <laughs> this coyote saga, whatever it was, Allison uh, uh, actually took um, a, a couple of... Uh, 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 photos. So she showed me. Look, look, there they are. So anyway, yeah. so that, I guess the 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 uh, the uh, coyote saga is uh, is not over. Now this leads me to something else. Um, you know, the coyotes don't want to leave, but uh, something else has happened in California. I know, uh, I know, uh, our, our, <laughs> our 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 governor uh, Newsom and the uh, Uniparty um, uh, uh, state. Uh, um, legislature uh, are dying to yeah, just telling people how wonderful California is and pe people aren't leaving by the hundreds of thousands for any reason they're leaving you know they had their they're continually doing their tap dance uh, as we talked about last week thousands of people leaving the school systems and the the state has become one of uh, a dying and um, uh, exiting a middle class, leaving right. just the wealthy and the, uh, uh, the poor yeah. Yeah. and the illegal immigrants who the wealthy people supposedly have to, um, you know, take care of. Well, here's something. This is, this is proof that uh, Newsom and the uh, legislature cannot uh, get away from. State Farm Insurance, which I, think, I believe is the largest insurance company in the country. Mm -hmm. They just recently announced it will no longer no longer accept applications for property insurance and other policies in California, citing, quote-unquote, historic increases in construction costs and inflation. 
The Illinois-based State Farm said it will cease to accept applications for business and personal lines, uh, property and casualty insurance. They said they, this is a quote from the company, made this decision due to historic increases in construction costs, outpacing inflation, rapidly growing catastrophe exposure, mm-hmm. meaning uh, you know wildfires, and a challenging reinsurance market. Now, they, they, they are obviously uh, will service and continue to service existing insurance holders. Uh, um, but the, the, the lame excuse that the California um, Department of Insurance came up with this, well, the factors driving State Farm's decision are beyond our control. You know, whenever it's bad news, it's beyond your control. <laughs> you never noticed that? Oh, and oh when, Mother Nature did it. <laughs> yes, and when it's good news, it's, cause, it's because you did it. Well, it's beyond <laughs> our control, including climate change, reinsurance costs affecting the entire industry, and global inflation. Yeah. Well, if that's, if you know, uh, that did I, I see... State Farm did not announce that it would no longer write property and other policies in any other state. <laughs> so if you're going by this global, uh, uh, you know, inflation and, and uh, climate change, d- doesn't that affect, uh, you know, n- neighboring states and other yeah. states? So it's a bogus, it's a, it's, it's a yeah. totally bogus. Uh, um, and by the way, by the way, this is... Uh, again, California, as we've talked about before, used to be fantastic. Do you know California has now the highest poverty rate of any state in the nation. Isn't that stunning? And isn't that amazing? So this yeah. this this yeah. this is California just rip roaring along in uh, in in fabulous form. Or as um, we might want to put it, the erstwhile land of milk and honey now has the highest poverty rate. <laughs> that is a perfect use of the word. Forget the governor. It, it, it is the erstwhile land of milk and honey as it used to be, and it is no longer. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, it's it, it's very sad. Uh, you know, oh. as, as you know, having lived here oh. for many years, what a, the, the state. Geographically, it's just stunning, and it's, yeah, and, no. and it's being eaten away from the inside from from people who are always trying to make things better for all of us. Yeah. Well, for some reason, it's not working. Well, and 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 yet at the same time, I was thinking about this because you and I, you mentioned this to me opposite earlier in the week, and I was reminded of the fact that uh, when we lived in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, and it was after one of those huge season of rains. And I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, but uh, my wife and I were up in Santa Barbara on a religious retreat. And um, I'm not sure whether this was comeuppance for my participation. That's another story. But the point I'm getting at is we had a young couple staying at our house to take care of our golden retriever. Theo, and the next thing you know, there was a massive rock slide right above our house on Mulholland because there, where there was this promontory that went to another level, literally above Mulholland, probably the highest, almost above there, with about oh no more than about four or five houses up there with extraordinary views, like just extraordinary. I mean, you could see past Santa Catalina Island. Cut to the chase, a three thousand pound boulder. I have a picture of it with my wife and I sitting on top of it. 
came tumbling down among uh, dozens of other uh, rocks. This turned out to be the biggest rock slide to date on Mulholland, and it just happened to be above our house. And guess what? That 3,000-pound boulder flipped on Mulholland, smashed through our iron gates, flipped onto our front sidewalk, and insurance people tell me that if it had flipped again and gone through the double doors, it might have brought the entire house down. It was just unbelievable. And guess what? State Farm didn't cover it. It was a unique, distinctive act of nature. <laughs> oh, the, oh, oh, the old boulder claws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, if a boulder comes through your house, we, we, we have no responsibility yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. They do all these nonsensical risk managements, and I'm sure the same is true. And there are certain areas that, you know, in the hills, you can't get... Uh, at least from some major uh, companies, you can't get fire insurance. But well, listen, there, there's been a well. Lot- by the by, by the yeah. by the way, this is a, a continuing problem where they were talking about uh, uh, um, uh, uh, fire, or, or I, what I translated into fire. Fire. The state mm-hmm. still still has not. Uh, people want to live outside the cities, so they keep building homes in areas that are less populated. No problem with that. I have no problem with that. But yeah. they are areas where they refuse to get rid of underbrush, which is kindling for these enormous fires we had, not this past year because of the rains, but prior to that. So that is another reason that is part and parcel of the reason of State Farm saying, we're not going to, are you crazy? Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not going to insure that. If yeah. you put someone, you know, it's the old thing that I was, some people, oh, I want to live in Malibu. You live in Malibu, then the the, the waves come and t- wash your house away. And well, you wanted to live there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so th- this is part and parcel of that. So, so yeah. these insurance companies, you know, then they're, they're, they're not angels, but they're not stupid either. Oh, yeah. And I remember one of our former presidents, uh, uh, you know, by the name of uh, Donald Trump, uh, talking about uh, the state not doing its due diligence in terms yeah. of underbrush and all of that, and he was just sort of dismissed. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. it's been a busy, busy week all across the board, just in way of a couple of highlights. Uh, if you have anything to respond to uh, any of them, Philip, feel free. President Biden fell again, saying he was sandbagged, and uh, <laughs> we had which I'll be discussing later, three Marines who were assaulted by teens and your fair state down in San Clemente just wanting to enjoy their Memorial Day weekend. And then, of course, we have the L.A. Dodgers who are taking some well-deserved heat for choosing to celebrate a gay pride month on June the 16th by honoring drag queens who self-describe as nuns known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And, um, of course, uh, the Dodgers are going to make up for that by in July having a Christian faith and family day. So there's just stuff going on all over the place. The trance madness that we've spoken about before has infiltrated academia, entertainment, the judiciary, which we've dealt with. Certainly the Biden administration is proactive in this area. And now, Philip, it appears that the psychiatric community more than ever is lending its powerful voice to the current 
madness of gender identity, of identity politics. So tell us a little bit about this and one woman in particular who, shall we say, she was being diagnosed by, oh, let's be euphemistic, an overzealous psychiatrist? <laughs> well, let's start with uh, there's, there's, there's a woman who uh, um, was part of the Antioch University um, um, uh, uh, program, uh, master's program for clinical psychology. Yes. Um, and uh, she uh, um, she eventually left because she realized what they were doing, mm-hmm. and they uh, and, and she complained, uh, and they basically called her um, you know white supremacist, and you know the the great thing all these high class institutions respond with name calling, and this woman named Leslie Elliott brought, has brought to the uh, uh, our attention what 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 has happened in the. Uh, uh, psychological and clinical psychology field. As you just said, uh, so many other professions, politics has superseded all. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, now let's think about it. I'm sure many, many of our listeners have uh, either been at one time or another or continuing to be or know someone close to them in therapy. People go into therapy for uh personal issues issues of personal issues they they're too fearful they have issues with a with a with a mother or a father or a child these are personal issues or maybe that, your first wife or maybe <laughs> your first wife well could be i guess uh or in, in my case you know I... but personal personal issues yeah. personal issues and that those issues and one of the things that's interesting is um uh, one of the things that people coming into therapy, uh, because everything's in a panic, they they tend to catastrophize everything, meaning everything that's going on mm. is is a catastrophe, mm-hmm. and so they're at the brink, at the brink, and essentially what good therapy at least begins begins to do is talk you down from the ledge you know what i mean it's it's not it's you're 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 not going to jump off the we're not talking about serious cases we're yeah, not you're yeah. not going to jump off the building let's take a breath let's look at this from a different angle and that's right. sort of the one of the ways in yep well um Clinical uh, psychology, especially, is oriented toward the individual. But now, um, among the teaching of uh, future Mm -hmm. therapists and among therapists now, well, that's gone because social justice ideology is taking over. And if any of our listeners know, which of course they do because we've talked about it and they've seen it, is social justice ideology has nothing to do with the individual. It doesn't care about the individual. It helps, it, 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 what it does is they are not helping people heal. They are helping people live in their victim mentality. I'll give you an example, a very strange example. You know, mm-hmm. many months ago, a year or so ago, you and I did a, uh, 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 an episode called Crazy White People. I wanted to call it Stupid White People, but we settled on Crazy White People. I brought this, you down from the ledge. Well, I know you, you talked me down from the ledge because I was <laughs> catastrophizing. <laughs> Exactly. You see how this all fits together? Yes, absolutely. But essentially, <laughs> essentially a, a progressive white woman in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, sought out a black therapist because of her own white guilt. This is why mm-hmm. she went. I guess she had bad feelings about that. Okay, fine. 
initially uh, she and the therapist, who happened to be black, mm -hmm. uh, practiced mindfulness, self-compassion techniques from forgiving oneself out loud to hugs, and, and, um, and they even cried together about a, a sexual assault uh, that happened at one point. Mm. And this woman started feeling supported and uh, eventually more in control, mm -hmm. more accepting of herself as mm -hmm. a female. Mm -hmm. Ah, but here's where the politics comes in. Then something yes. happened. The stronger and more mentally healthy she felt, the less this woman viewed the world through the lens that had informed her activism, meaning a binary perspective that split all people. Mm -hmm. This is critical race theory into mm -hmm. categories, white, black, oppressor, oppressed, victimizer, victim. Mm. And when she raised some of these views with her therapist, the therapist criticized her and told her not to bring that stuff up again. Ooh. Because she, by bringing that up again, mm -hmm. was representative of a white supremacy culture and was making her, the, the, the black therapist, unsafe as a black woman. Well, how's that for a good relationship with your therapist? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, someone who was there to deal with your individual problem has set you on a group political enemies yeah. list. Yeah. So that's that's and so so this is what is going on and and uh, yeah. the, the 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 woman um, um, uh, Leslie Elliott who she has a wonderful uh, video on this they they essentially the, the, the school basically said they didn't basically say to her yeah. they said they said um, the school said they uh, this is what the school uh, made them do. To they had to sign mm -hmm. a a a a, a, um, a, a form that, was, that was, stated they called it a civility pledge. Yes, a civility pledge, and this yeah. is what she was yeah. forced. They they wanted her to sign. Yeah. I acknowledge that yeah. this is in therapy clinical yeah. psychology. I mm -hmm. acknowledge that racism, sexism, heterosexism, classism, ableism, all ageism, nativism, and all other forms of interpersonal, institutional, institutionalized forms of oppression exist. Mm -hmm. I will do my best to better mm -hmm. understand my own privileged and marginalized identities mm -hmm. and the power that these afford me. Mm -hmm. And as Ms. Uh, as Ms. Elliot said, she mm -hmm. said mm -hmm. it felt like a purity test to me. I oh, felt yeah. I felt compelled. This is quoting her. I felt compelled to confess to this worldview that sees myself as an intersectional group of identities that have privilege and marginalization attached to them, and I don't agree with that framework. It feels like a theology, and that is not mine or any theology. Bing, this is what bing. you and we, you and I, have talked about this before. The the. Uh, the secular, the, the, the secular theology, which, uh, which is, is, uh, is, is so deeply destructive to our culture. So, yeah. And, and this woman at Antioch getting her master's uh, comes totally from a liberal tradition, right? Oh, yes, she even, yes, yeah. she was a progressive leftist. And by the way, she was no kid. You know, she's not 25 yeah. in, in graduate school. She's 42. She had been out in the world for 10 mm. years. So mm -hmm. she came back, and mm -hmm. even with being a, a self-described progressive, she started seeing what is actually going on. So wait Absolutely. a second, wait a second, what's happening here? Yeah. What is yeah. going on here? So if you go into therapy... 
Mm. For a personal problem, no one cares about your personal problems. Where do you stand? By the way, Antioch, in their programming, mm. came out and, 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 and railed against Trump supporters. Oh sure. Now getting into now get, yeah. we'll yeah. talk about getting deeply into the politics of it. Oh, so yeah. if you're a Trump supporter, you've got to have a problem. Listen, Philip, I I can take this uh, civility pledge that you just uh, quoted verbatim. Uh, just just carry it out for a moment. I mean, uh, the last sentence was, "I will do my best to better understand my own privilege and marginalized identities and the power that these afford me." Let, let me let me just for a second carry it out, Philip, in the spirit of the Antioch ethos and administration, um, because they could easily add, "And I pledge my allegiance to anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I will be ever vigilant in reporting those who are among me the deplorable." the gun-toting, the Bible-believing, the MAGA-following who are living among us. There is something scary as you know what about someone going to school and having to sign this civility pledge. This is the worst kind. You're absolutely right, Paul. This is the worst kind of totalitarianism. It really is. It is. It, it insists, and again, as we've talked earlier, this, this infects, it's starting to infect the military and universities. And, th- and this is one safe area where you could go to a shrink and say, oh my God, I got this going on. I got, and let's deal with that. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's gone. Meaning, if clinical psychology, say, deals with the individual, forget it. Individuality is gone. Mm. You will comply. This is this is the whole DEI thing. You will comply because they have decided and inclusion, equity, and whatever the, they have decided that this is what it is, and you will comply. You must comply for the greater good, the greater good as as assessed by them. So forget individuality. Yeah. You are either uh, you are either an enemy or a an ally in yeah. this uh, disgusting cause. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, stunning, uh, just in way of underscoring it, Philip. Uh, Abigail Schreier in her uh, Truth Fairy um, uh, on, on online publication uh, uh, literally this morning had, had an article entitled uh, Little Miss Trouble, and I'm, I'm quoting verbatim from that article in which he says, gender ideology is not a pendulum and it will not swing back with a little help from inertia. Gender ideology is a fundamentalist religion, intolerant, demanding strict adherence to doctrine, hell-bent on gaining proselytes. I do not here use the term religion metaphorically or lightly. And bottom line, Philip, is that's exactly what this uh, shrink was doing, unfortunately. Rather than remaining objective, rather than remaining one going into these issues, uh, she just became totally politicized. And uh, thank God for uh, Ms. Elliot, who is, uh, who's waking up, uh, among other people, and in the, in the best sense of the word, uh, well, you just you just said something about Abigail Shar, who as our listeners yeah. know, you and I have tremendous respect for yes. she, because yes. she is huge on the uh, on on uh, calling out the uh, 
um, uh, mutilation uh, against the mutilation of our yeah, our, our yeah. kids. But there's something she said. Yeah. That it, 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 it's something interesting that uh, you read that she said. It's not a pendulum that's just naturally going to swing back. Mm-hmm. This has to be fought tooth and nail. Mm. This, our, I, I really believe this, and I, 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 I work very hard not to speak in, um, in uh, <laughs> cat- catastrophic, uh, huge yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, terms, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. something as evil as what's, what's happening to, uh, in this attempt to destroy our culture cannot just be, well, you know, it comes and goes, times change. No, this has to be fought. This has to be fought. This is a war for the, for the, forget what Joe Biden says. This is a real war for the soul of humanity in our culture. Amen. Amen. And it's one of the reasons we're here. And it's one of the reasons that uh, thematically we will come back to this issue uh, time and time again. It ain't going away. No. And again, we cannot be passive in response to it or um, it will it will consume. It will take over and it will not just be uh, your your local therapist. (laughs) You know what I when I read this article, I just thought. Boy, that certainly wasn't my uh, experience with my first therapist in New York City as a young actor finding his way and coming out of a a very religious background and landing in New York and trying to figure it all out. And I was recommended to one who supposedly was one of the finer ones in the city. I don't know. She had some some long list of uh, honors and various things and but she was an older woman she was close to 80 and had uh, been working there in New York for 50 years and about the third session we have uh we had I I uh, I just made sure I kind of looked at her and even though uh, in those days I was uh on on the couch as it were but I looked up and I realized that she was fast asleep so anyway uh the point <laughs> is that that's how interesting my life was at that time, I guess. But uh, I, I was going to say you didn't have a good <laughs> shtick. <laughs> no, it, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, listen, I'm I'm just going to uh, move us on from here, yeah. and uh, I think I think I want to um, uh, if 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 I may just. Uh, Go ahead into my uh, PS, which, which by the way, was going to be an update on on the Target backlash, but I'm really foregoing that. I mean, suffice it to say, they've lost ten billion dollars in revenue for pushing vulgar bisexual, trans, and non-binary attire in its stores, but uh, they 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 will press on with very little damage, unlike. Uh, our friends over at Bud Light who continue to see dwindling sales that uh, are really impacting, unfortunately, their distributors and people who work on commissions and so forth. But the incident, Philip, that struck out for me and my wife this week was that group of teens that attacked without consideration for their service and attacked mercilessly those three Marines who were enjoying their Memorial Day leave. Uh, They're down at, uh, off of Camp Pendleton in San Clemente. My wife was very disturbed by it. I mean, we were just both commenting on, can you imagine when we were young people growing up, even hearing 
remotely ever of such an incident. And all of this to me, Philip, is an extension of the so-called summer of love when the spirit of lawlessness, as I call it, was let loose upon the land. We know it was, and you know, fueled by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the 2020 riots. They were the longest sustained riots in our history. They spanned four months of mass looting arson with mobs burning police precincts, fire courthouses, And that left at least 40 people dead, hundreds of wounded police officers, destroyed over $2 billion in property, over 14,000 arrests. Most, by the way, which were immediately released with all of this criminal behavior, justified, of course, by the likes of our vice president, Kamala Harris, because supposedly this lawlessness was a reckoning in race relations. It was an inflection point moving the country forward with such progressive policies as let's defund the police. Well, we've been doing it. And how is it working out, Philip, many of these progressive policies in places like in Chicago where apparently, I guess, they're short some 1,700 police officers or Something like that. What's happening? And it just moves you right into your PS on this, if you'd be so kind. Yeah. uh, A while back, if our listeners remember, I talked about in uh, the city of West Hollywood, which uh, last year, the year before, uh, I think it was last year, last June, uh, defunded the police. They, uh, By the way, their police in West Hollywood is the L.A. County Sheriff. They have a deal. They don't have their own police force. But they said, get out. Not totally get out, but reduce your presence. We are going to have, and they called them, we are going to give money, take money from the police, and give them to our security ambassadors. And if our listeners remember, um, I saw something and uh, talked about it, uh, that uh, in in West Hollywood, uh, somebody, there was an altercation in the car. Somebody come and smashed on the guy's window, and the guy gets out, and they're beating the crap out of each other. And there are two of these security ambassadors with lovely, uh, you know, uh, sashes and a a nice bright neon green uh, uh, vest on to, you know, they're really doing their job. You know what they were doing? (laughs) They were just standing there watching. Mm. So, so their security mm. ambassadors did nothing. Well, mm-hmm. let's cut to Memorial Day weekend in Chicago. Now, mm-hmm. um, the, the 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 governor in that state—I can't tell if Pritzker is worse than uh, uh, Gavin Newsom—but uh, uh, there, as you said, yeah. there are seventeen hundred vacancies in the Chicago Police Department. So, what they did, uh, Pritzker, the governor, claimed that they are going to deploy, same kind of thing, peacekeepers, 30 peacekeepers, a Mm. different name from security ambassadors, to Chicago neighborhood funded by a 2021 bill. Well, okay, here's what happened. (laughs) On, uh, (laughs) uh, on, uh, On Memorial Day weekend, um, Mm. A, uh, a a group of a man, one of the men wearing a vest of the new Peacekeeper Corps mm-hmm. deployed over the uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, and, mm. uh, was arrested, this is one of the Peacekeepers, for a violent attack. 
A man in a neon peacekeeper's vest beat up and robbed a man in Little Village, I guess that's a section of Chicago on Friday night, as dozens of violence prevention workers fanned out across Chicago over the Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Um, Oscar Montez was in a group of seven or eight people that pulled a man, this is peacekeepers, from a car, punched and kicked him on the ground in a, and, and, and it took the man's cell phone, struck him over the head with it, and another person stole the man's wallet. The man's face and ribs were fractured, his eye was damaged to the point that he suffered partial blindness. This is oh, done dear. by... This is done by a peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's, here's even more um, bizarre irony to this, is that um, they, they eventually ar- arrested the man, um, and an officer watching the attack on video from police surveillance, they dispatched officers who, who, uh, you know, who took care of this. Uh, and when the officers arrived, they saw this guy walking away and trying to take off his neon vest that reads peacekeepers, according to the police, and no one in court the next day mentioned a peacekeeper's vest or a connection to an anti-violence organization. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So let's keep defunding the police and have Mm -hmm. peace and love social workers standing there either doing nothing or, by the way, (laughs) these guys beat, these peacekeepers who are officially sanctioned by Chicago were beating the crap out of this guy. Whereas in New York, our Marine on the subway who was defending Yes. A tremendous amount of people in, 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 in the subway car against this, this raving lunatic who was pr- uh, yeah. proving to be an incredible danger. He is, uh, he is in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, uh, I believe this given day, thanks be to God, he's on on bail. You know what I'm saying. But you're absolutely correct. He is uh, facing heavy, heavy uh uh, prosecution on all of this. Uh, you know, uh, I was brought up in the Midwest and I'm, I'm just reminded of the fact that as a, a young man and particularly when I got my first uh, vehicle, a 1952 Hudson Hornet that my father gave me when I uh, left for college in 60, what was it, 63, 64. I used to go up to Chicago all the time, all the time. We loved it, you know, and there are great hotels, there are great restaurants. And as you know, aesthetically, the nation has some of the most extraordinary architect uh, architecture just throughout the city. The beautiful buildings uh, done done by the premier architects of the 20th century, and to see what has happened to that city in the last 30 or 40 years. Philip, it kind of reminds me of, 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 of really what is also happening within this trans uh, madness, this trans craziness that we've been talking about, and I'm, I'm sort of backpedaling here, Philip, just before I get into my hero, but I just found myself today pulling off the shelf my uh, psychiatric dictionary. Now, this is the Bible. This was the third edition from Oxford University Press of the Psychiatric Dictionary. And I just, I wanted to look up trans. Now, this third edition was written 
no more than 50 or so years ago. I think it was 1960. So it's been about 60, 70 years. And I looked up the word trans because under homosexuality, under uh, lesbianism, uh, they, they, they have several commentaries and thoughts and derivative articles and everything else. You look up trans and what you find is transsexualism. And, and, and what does it say? Overwhelming desire for conversion of sex seen in some transvestites and in some schizophrenics. That was it. There, 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 there is one other uh, definition in what is, was the Bible 60 years ago in the therapeutic, uh, therapeutic community under transvestism. Uh, trans, uh, 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 under transvestism, can you imagine this today? It reads, the morbid impulse to dress in the clothing of members of the opposite sex. The morbid impulse. Well, look how far we've come. Yeah. We now have to celebrate everything. Yeah. It's June. It's not just Gay Pride Month. It's Gay Pride this, Gay Pride that. Uh, you know, uh, Juneteenth in the middle Juneteenth. of Juneteenth. Oh, now we are being forced, as we talked about earlier, with the with yeah. with the clinical uh, uh, psychology. Yeah. We, we are now we are being forced to celebrate. I don't care about any of that. You you want to jump around and celebrate? Go ahead. But but they they have captured. Uh, they have captured corporate uh, uh, America. The the Arc de Triomphe in Paris is swathed in a, a multi the rainbow uh, flag. Mm-hmm. So the world it's not that we are, are uh, as Andrew Sullivan uh, has has put it uh, used to be I'm, I'm gay you're a lesbian that's it. Now it's turned into a circus. It's a circus that demands fealty and sell and 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 to be and to celebrate along with them and. Uh, I'm not going along with the party. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that brings me to my hero, Philip, which is uh, uh, the pitcher for the Dodgers by the name of Blake uh, Trinan. Uh, And I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I haven't been following the Dodgers since I I left uh, with any uh, uh, faithfulness. But uh, he came out regarding the Pride Night drama with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, coming up. And by the way, you know, imagine, first the invitation was given to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, then it was taken away, then it was re-given after they decided to do the Christian Night of Faith and Family in July, and uh, that's a whole other discussion, Philip. I mean, maybe they shouldn't be doing any of this, any of this. I take my child to go to see a baseball game, to relax, to kick back. And, you know, here they want to doll everything up and indulge everyone. Anyway, uh, Blake... Blake uh, at, at, th- at theoretical gunpoint, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 of course. Uh, but here's Blake Trine, and, and his quote was, this group, and he's making reference to the extreme drag queens, this group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree with nor support the decisions of the Dodgers 
to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And for some reason, I woke up this morning, uh, Philip, thinking about uh, old Tommy Lasorda. And um, now he... Correct me if I'm mistaken. He's he's passed away, right? He passed away. Yes, he here. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the last, yeah, and 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 I was reading an old interview that he did years ago, in which he said, "When I was the manager of the Dodgers for twenty years, I always had a priest come in to say mass on Sunday mornings for all the Catholics, meaning the Catholic players, the Catholics in the locker room, the coaches, whomever, whoever was a Catholic came." Can you imagine, Philip, what Tommy Lasorda would be saying about honoring and celebrating the blasphemous sisters of perpetual indulgence? Yeah, uh, it's amazing to have included in a celebration of Christianity an anti-Christian group (laughs) of of, of fetishists. Uh, This is... uh, Well, you know, someone would have to go and talk to the Dodgers and say, "Are are you people insane? Yeah. Well, what, this, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Yeah. Well, this, maybe this this is this is buying into this, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, gun to the temple of the populace. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the management of the Dodgers ought to invite in uh, uh, an enlightened therapist to give them all group therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never you never know where that'll lead. Also, this is true. This is <laughs> but true. listen, give us an update also on what is happening in this crazy world of diversity, equity, and inclusion that we've been referencing referencing all day today in sort of your well it's not not a reverse hero but it's uh it's a rather humorous take on all of this that's going on um, lead us out philip well yeah i'll ju- i'll just make brief i know we're running a, a a a bit long this this whole thing of uh of uh, uh you know uh hiring at extraordinary amounts of money with and uh, pay and and with uh, no expertise required uh at all uh one of the worst liberal states in the country uh state of washington and one of the worst governors he could uh, give uh, pritzker and uh, newsom a run for their money in 2020, they established the state of Washington, a brand new office of equity. And in 2021, he appointed the Bureau's first director, Dr. Karen Johnson. Okay, after two years, even this leftist governor had to fire her. <laughs> because, according to one news outlet, the reasons uh, were budget issues and high vacancy rates and turnover. But that's not anywhere near what really happened. It found out that Ms. Johnson, who happened to be black, oops, micromanaged and made unreasonable requests to employees, was disorganized, lacked adequate structures and process, made inappropriate and insensitive comment. Wait a minute. Equity, <laughs> insensitive comments. We can't have that. To some staff members. And, and and multiple individuals in the office uh, uh, complained horrendously that, that, that what was she doing? In fact, uh, this 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 uh, this woman who was hired for diversity and inclusivity during a group discussion, Dr. Johnson said a staff member who self-identified as Mexican. This is what she said. This may take some time for me because I generally distrust Mexican people. Mexican people have the option of being white and when it is convenient for them. This is what this woman said. Good this is what this grief. woman said. And so not only and employees were were overburdened and disres- disrespectful in the in 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 the workplace um 
and uh, uh, she. So th it it took this kind of behavior on this woman's part to actually uh, get her fired. So how bad was that? So so the whole thing now of uh, remember that word meritocracy? Yeah, meritocracy. Yes, I forget what yes. that means. Oh, it doesn't doesn't matter. But but uh, and and by the way, you know what you know what she cried when she was fired racism racism you know um yeah so this is this is this is my sort of reverse here of the week of you know you get what you pay for governor Inslee. you want to hire hire someone off the street to do your your cheap political bidding well congratulations yeah yeah, yeah. it just uh and and it, we we've talked about this before you know the left eating its own eventually just seems to come full circle and and that's why really so many people among the woke are truly having an awakening. They're seeing the results of uh, the seeds that have been planted. That's right, such as our, our friend uh, Leslie Elliott in, uh, in uh, having to do with Antioch. And uh, so many more people, more and more and more, uh, are waking up, are truly waking up and not being woke. Woke seems to be sort of a somnum, some What's that? How do you say somnambulant state? I am woke. You know, you see what I mean. There's a difference yeah. between being woke and waking up. Yeah, there is. When we dead awaken, I think is how yes, Ibsen put it. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. There it is. The old school bell, because it is about that time, Philip, to wrap it up and uh, just say goodbye to all of our listeners with a special. Thanks to you for joining us. And in a way of reminder, regardless of what's going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours, we live in a great country because it is a free country. And so let's keep it that way. We will be vigilant. And uh, that's why we bring you Entering Stage Right. And we do have a lot to be thankful for. We're thankful for you. So till we meet again, this is D. Paul Thomas and... Philip Charles Coyote McKenzie. Ah, yes. McKenzie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Coyote McKenzie. That's right. I, 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 my, I, new, I, my new stage name. <laughs> yeah, your, your new identity. That's right. That's, I, I identify as a coyote. <laughs> inviting <laughs> you, inviting you to join uh, Philip and me next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right.